0: Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film.
1: All right, it's the good stuff. Yeah. It's the Laugh Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Richard Lusk. Over there is Mr. Bull. Howdy. How are
0: you, sir? Doing well.
1: Were you excited about the? Uh, are you excited about episode one seventy seven?
0: I'm very excited about episode one seventy seven. I was looking forward to this movie. You're looking forward to Sully, mm-hmm. the the story
1: of the um, Monsters Inc. Monster.
0: That's what my wife thought. No, she she was hoping. She's like, oh, it's is it a Pixar film? <laughs> it is not a Pixar film. It's, it's actually all right. A... I can say that because she doesn't listen.
1: <laughs> it is a. Well, you can say because it it's true. Is it, is it true? Mostly. Okay. <laughs> this is a biopic uh, directed by Clint Eastwood about the uh, Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberger, the captain of flight 1549, uh, U.S. Airways flight out of New York uh, LaGuardia Airport. Or, no, was he out of LaGuardia? Mm-hmm. I know the uh, part of the reason was uh, after the uh, plane uh, was attacked by geese. He had to go, the plan would have been to go back to LaGuardia,
0: right? Yeah, so they left from there. That's the only (laughs) way you get to go back. You get to go back, right.
1: (laughs) Uh, So this is the story of the miraculous recovery, or I guess safe water landing of 155 passengers and crew. And then uh, it was in the aftermath somewhat of uh, September 11th, 2001, even though it was considerably after that. I, I thought it was a little bit closer.
0: This happened in January of 2009, but I mean, it's still a city that's dealing with it. I think even to this day, 9-11 still casts a shadow over that city. And uh, this heroic event was
1: widely spread through the news. Everybody kind of knew who Sullenberger was. Everybody knew that everybody lived. I mean, there's not, there wasn't a whole lot of, I suppose suspense as to the ending of this movie so clint eastwood the director had to try to generate something to create a compelling story for moviegoers was he successful
0: yes yeah uh i think he was very successful i think this film will get nominated for a best picture at the end of the year maybe it's tracking well the critics seem to like it it's well made It's uh, well-acted. I think Tom Hanks is very good in this. I would not be surprised if he gets nominated for Best Actor. I don't think he'll win for this. I could also see Aaron Eckhart being nominated. Uh, He plays the first mate Jeffrey Skiles in this Mm -hmm. film. And I think he does a very nice job. And it's nice to see Aaron Eckhart in a good movie for a change.
1: Technically, Aaron Eckhart and uh, Tom Hanks are are the only two real, I mean... Actors of note that do anything in the movie. I know Laura Linney's in it, Mm -hmm. uh, but then everybody else is just sort of a secondary or tertiary character to the main events. But their interactions in the cockpit, and then even afterwards in the ensuing investigation, uh, seem to uh, elevate the movie. Those are the best parts, I thought. Um, So I'm I'm on board with you on this movie, but I did have a few little problems with it. I'm wondering if you know because I don't really know. How much of the plane landing was CG, or was any of it miniature, or
0: how did, how did they pull off those? I'm pretty sure it was all CGI. Well, see, that, now, That's my understanding. I mean, I'm sure they took plate photography for the backgrounds. I haven't seen it covered yet in uh, Cineffects, which is a special effects magazine.
1: That's why I asked you, yeah. because you're normally more up on these things than definitely than I am. If, if that's the case, then we have crossed the Uncanny Valley. Ooh, the special effects worked for you. This, they, they didn't distract. And Ooh, they, okay. they looked, I mean, it, they spent a considerable amount of time and showed a considerable amount. They had a considerable amount of coverage of the uh, crash. I think mm-hmm. like 30 minutes of this 80 minute movie, 85 minute movie, was dealing specifically with the crash and the images of the crash. They to they like revisited the crash about four or five times.
0: Okay, because when I was watching, <laughs> there were three or four shots that I thought, ooh, let is going to like that. He's no, gonna I say that pulls them out. I tell you what, I, I, th- I think a
1: little bit of the reason why it didn't is because some of the things that seemed a little stylized were also things that I've seen in Eastwood movies prior to this. Mm-hmm. And they came across as being more evidence of auteurism. Mm -hmm. than of something uh, distracting because it looked fake. I don't think anything looked fake. No, I think some of it was a little stylized, maybe around the edges. I'm having a hard time explaining why, but I I can think of, um, what was the Typhoon movie that he did recently in the last couple of years? A lot of people hated it. It had uh, Matt Damon in it. Uh, and he could see into the future. And,
0: uh, oh, and I know what you're something. talking about.
1: I don't remember the name of a it. A lot of people say that this his worst movie. I kind of like the movie, but it had that patina with its special effects mm-hmm. that um, I think uh, the other... American Sniper had some of that, not as much. Um, for me, I think this is this may even be a more successful movie than American Sniper.
0: Ooh. I, I don't know. I mean, they're different films. I, I do like to go back to a point you made, the patina. This film has a very like cool blue feel to it. Mm. You know, If you went on your TV, you can change the settings. Normally, they have like some warm settings, and then they have cool or mm-hmm. blue sometimes. This had that cool blue throughout the whole thing, and I-, I thought that was fine, except for when we got to the plane crash. Apparently, they were outside in 20-degree weather. The water was almost frozen. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like 34 degrees. I didn't get that sense of cold, I think, because... The whole movie had that same color temperature Sterility, to it. Yeah, kind of. You know, if, if I had to point out something I didn't like about the look of the film, it's that it had that look throughout the whole thing. I, I'm upset with the consistency of huh.
1: it. <laughs> yeah, that didn't really occur to me that the consistency would have taken away from your understanding of what was going on in the water. Yeah. Because but I did notice that some of the characters, second, secondary, and tertiary characters, had to behave melodramatically it seemed although you can i mean probably anybody even in the real situation would behave melodramatically mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to call that out as a criticism but it seemed like in this case they were sort of mishandled especially when they acted as a in juxtaposition to sully just sort of moving very deliberately up and down the fuselage that was in the same you know, frozen water that everybody else was kind of like freaking mm-hmm. out. in. I understand that's probably what happened. And that's just a testament to that character and how that character works. But it just seemed a little bit too, um, the contrast between the two of them seemed to be a little bit too forced. That was one of the, one of the small drawbacks I had while watching the film. The reason I liked it more than American Sniper though, is because uh, there were like dead spots in American Sniper that I didn't really notice in this movie like mm-hmm. Dead spots in the narrative there was with American sniper there's that one scene like the desert storm or the desert scene uh, desert battle or whatever and then from i mean i was i sort of zoned out in the middle of a battle scene with this even though i'd seen you know snippets of the crash i mean it opens with a crash mm-hmm. and uh then they show i think pretty much the entire crash in the middle of the movie and they show it again and they show it again, and again i was never
0: really bored by it which i think is a testament to both the script and the vision of the director as well as even the editor because you are telling a story that is really well known and you're going to have to tell it multiple times
1: right i don't have the editor down here but i'm pretty sure it's the same one that clinty's was worked with yeah. over and over
0: and over um and the first time we experienced the crash uh we spent a lot of time with the traffic controller And I didn't even realize that we were missing out on important information that we would get later on in the film. You know, I I didn't feel like, you know, it's a magician purposely turning his body to me so I can't see what his left hand is doing. You know, I I felt like I was getting the full story. I didn't feel like things were purposely being omitted. Because there's a conversation that goes on between uh, Sully and the first uh, mate, Mm -hmm. or the, the first officer, sorry, this isn't. They're uh, not Navy. well
1: actually yeah. they kind of are sea. yeah later on later on he becomes um, the first mate he becomes the first mate at the end
0: of the movie but you know at the end of the movie we do get to hear the whole conversation that happened in the cockpit and that is remarkable you know not just filmically but that these were real people who were able to stay so calm under pressure. I know last year when we covered the Martian, I talked a lot about why I'm so impressed by astronauts and, you know, they truly do have the right stuff. They're able to remain calm in these exceptional circumstances.
1: Yeah. And in this movie, it wasn't a, a a fake calmness. It it was just a directed, um, very competent, uh, application of training Mm -hmm. on, on behalf of both, uh, Aaron Eckert's character, Skiles and, uh, Hanks Sullenberger, but there was enough subtlety in the cockpit to where you could see that Sullenberger was more in control than uh, Skiles, mm-hmm. and that was conveyed through the two actors and, the, and their approaches. So, in in that regard, Eastwood did a, a, a definitely, and these two actors did a, definitely did a good job of conveying competence. That's not, I mean, it's not very. Mm-hmm. compelling stuff to watch it's not like watching people shoot uh snipers or uh you know attack or, uh you know plane wreck or you know cars running around, and running around and spies and stuff like that yeah it's
0: we've just gotten done with the whole that. summer of popcorn blockbusters and to see you know a real life story play out you know with people who have real emotions shouldn't be as enthralling as it is and you know, yeah, Aaron Eckhart's character isn't as in control as Tom Hanks' character, but that almost seems to be, you know, a lack of experience. He doesn't have forty years of flying; he only he probably has twenty. Yeah. But I'd still be fine with either of those guys flying my plane. Did oh, this yeah. make you want to go fly?
1: No, no. Watching people wreck into the ocean or into, into the into the
0: uh, oh, so you feel less safe about flying now?
1: I don't feel either way. <laughs> like I, I disassociate myself from the actual event of flying because it's so absurd. The idea that something that weighs 350 tons can go a certain amount of you know speed and then lift up into the air and then take me two and a half hours later mm-hmm. to a city that would take me eight hours to drive through. It's just I, I don't even sit and think about it because it's it, every, you, you're just giving over control. Of any part of your life there. You're strapping yourself in. And that's it. There's nothing else that you can do.
0: I used to like when I would fly on planes and we were going down the runway to turn to the person next to me. Some complete stranger and go, I'm always amazed when this works. (laughs) But then I did it once and I started saying it before I turned to face the woman. She was a principal at one of the middle schools around here. And after I said it, I realized her eyes are closed and she's muttering to herself. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Holding a rosary. Yeah, I went. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Like, some people get really scared of flying.
1: What were you on a plane with a middle school principal for?
0: I was coming back from AVID training in Atlanta. Ah, so there was a whole group of teachers together. Is the last
1: time you were in a plane?
0: The last time I said that to someone. After Uh. that, I realized, a lot of people don't like flying. I love it. (laughs) But you're not doing anything.
1: It's just like riding in a bus.
0: If they let me, I'll I'll I'll, I'll (laughs) gladly fly the plane. I'll go up to the front.
1: Cinematographer for this movie is Tom Stern, and that probably... He's known for the Hunger Game. He was in the, uh, he did the Hunger Games, but he also did Million Dollar Baby, Grant Torino, and Mystic River. Some of the other movies that Clint Eastwood uh, was allotted for. So that explains some of that, uh, you know, visual styling.
0: Mm-hmm. I was also surprised since we're talking about the um, the way the movie was shot and you know who the cinematographer was. The whole thing was filmed in IMAX. And one of the things when you film with an IMAX camera is you can't do close-ups. Apparently the lenses don't really focus correctly. You know, you have to be further away from the actors. I really didn't notice that while I was watching the film. I was very surprised to find out that this was an IMAX film movie. Hmm. You know, okay. just given what some of the shots were, it just, you know, it didn't call attention to So all of the film was
1: filmed in IMAX?
0: Apparently it's the first film to ever be completely filmed in the IMAX film format. So,
1: what do you do with the close ups? Because there certainly were close ups, not extreme close ups, but there were close ups of, uh,
0: I, I guess maybe I kind could... of zooming in a little. Or But just you can't put the camera as when close. When you edit it,
1: you cut out the extraneous Possibly. Uh, surrounding, um, details. I guess.
0: The but you know, a lot of times that, um, so if you shoot- has a certain film to it it's not as bad as uh, panorama vision mm-hmm. like if you ever saw um, How the West was won mm-hmm. the James Stewart film where it has to be projected on three screens they had a set distance you had to be away from the camera mm-hmm. so there are absolutely no close ups and there are no far shots everything's in middle distance for the entire film it's like film. watching a play yeah eventually you pick up you're like hmm there's there's something weird about this film it's
1: not even a good movie
0: <laughs> well that, that's separate uh
1: so I'm wondering then if in, and, and I haven't seen any making of or anything like that, but probably the fuselage that contains the cockpit is a set, a cutaway set, and they have a wall that's exposed. I'm wondering if the IMAX footage contains all of the surrounding gear and rigging and lighting and other, you know, people that aren't actors in the screen. It just contains such a vast amount of, of, Stuff that's not going to make it to the final cut, that's not even part of the story. It would be interesting to see that footage of all (laughs) the surrounding things going on, sort of like um, with uh, Hail Caesar, when they did it on purpose and they showed you, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. the different actors acting on the sound stages, or in this case, it would be. I've seen some special effects uh, footage with, or uh, sort of making of stuff with Inception. And other things with Nolan, because he films a lot in IMAX. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see those, uh, um, I don't know, sidebar, all the stuff that goes on.
0: Oh, true. Um, There are some 8K cameras out there that people have bought because it'll speed up their production time because you don't have to get the camera set up just right because you're filming such a large area Mm -hmm. and you can zoom in to get 4K content or even just HD content because that's only like an eighth of the screen now. When you're recording 8 AK, you, you can just let the editors frame the shot, so you also don't need quite as good of a cinematographer or, or a director.
1: Well, I've done because that.
0: you know it, it it opens up so many more options for you later on down the road.
1: I can recall doing that with with a senior you know student projects in our screen line screen writing classes, mm-hmm. like using the, the some of the editing features, the cropping features, and stuff like that. So, yeah. huh, interesting, interesting stuff.
0: Um, one thing that bothers me about this film is that it only has an 82% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, it's not a perfect film. I know, but that well, means only four out of five critics like it. Well, what bothers me is right underneath of it, it says that Don't Breathe, a movie we reviewed two weeks ago on the show, is at 87%.
1: Well, it's about the same. Y-
0: you think Don't Breathe and Sully are about the same film quality? I think that there are a certain percentage of... All
1: right, you're not going to – I don't know if you're going to agree with this or not. Maybe you will. There, there are a certain percentage – I've read some of the negative reviews. certain percentage of the negative reviews of this movie are negative reviews of Clint Eastwood.
0: I In mean, his Cl- politics.
1: Oh, yeah. Clint sure. Eastwood spoke at the Republican National Convention scant four years ago. To an empty chair? <laughs> yeah, to an empty chair and also to pretty much anybody who was listening, including – uh, movie reviewers, and they don't like the idea of an uh, 85-year-old white male telling the story of another 67-year-old white hero male, you know, overcoming white male adversity. I mean, they don't like the idea that there aren't any, uh, any notable uh, actors or actresses of color in either side. Of the uh, equation here, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think there were any white people in the plane, or uh, people that weren't white in the plane, and that bothers them. I'm there sure. weren't.
0: There were no other. No. there were no African Americans on the plane.
1: No other people of color were. In, no, no one. Uh, people, I, I mean, they, but, there weren't, and so they they weren't going to put that into yeah. the movie. Now, a different director would have a couple of uh, actors who were black, just throw them in there. Why not? It feeds that sort of. Uh, I don't know that Hollywood progressive mentality, and Clint Eastwood's not interested in that. He's interested in sort of telling his story.
0: Yeah, I, I so. mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with your analysis, though. I would say I don't feel Clint Eastwood chose this story because it's a story that features a white cast. I think no, no, should, no, that's not my point. Yeah, yeah. No, it, well, well no, I mean, but just to clarify, are... because I think some people feel he is searching out for those stories when. I think he's trying to tell stories that are interesting, that interest him. I definitely think this story syncs up well as a post nine 11 story and talks a lot about a city that's healing. But in the past, he's made uh, movies like uh, letters from Iwo Jima, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that the one with, uh, or is it flights of our father? Well, there's the same
1: story told from two different. Yeah. I mean, he
0: tells the uh, Japanese Japanese perspective. Mm -hmm. So I think he just wants to tell interesting stories that affect him and
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, he can do whatever he wants because, I mean, he's Clint Eastwood. (laughs) So, basically, they send him these uh, scripts and he's like, oh, this is interesting. I think he he said that he didn't know some of the uh, nuances of the story because there are some subtleties that are not, I mean, they're sort of ham-fisted in the way they're conveyed in the movie. Um, But I think he was unaware of some things that happened. I learned a few things, at least in terms of the way that people approach, like, uh, a crash, you know, a mayday or probably the way that I thinking of the, the way the steward or you're not supposed to say stewardesses either flight attendants, the way the flight attendants approached their job when they were saying brace, 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 you know, repeating mm-hmm. that brace for impact, bend over, don't be, you know, and they were just repeating this mantra, all five of them, they were doing their job. They were doing what they'd been trained to do the same way that Sullenberger was. And I'm just not used to seeing, um, you know, you're not used to seeing that sort of a thing on screen. It's just not that interesting. I don't even know what the point is. I was just well, it's sort even, of rambled for
0: a while. No, well the flight attendants like you said, they do their job and they help keep the passengers calm, even though they realize what's going on. Right. You know, they know how bad this situation could be. It's kinda of like when you have that X-ray technician or, you know, some sort of medical scan and they look at the stuff and you know they can spot, you know, if it's cancer or something bad but they just put on a nice smile and you right. you never know if the tests are positive or negative until the doctor comes in to tell you.
1: Well, think about how surprised you must be. I mean, probably not that many people have heard a flight attendant say brace brace brace. <laughs> yeah. and live to tell about it, right?
0: So, oh yeah, no, plane crashes yeah, don't go well, especially water ones when a plane As works. a general rule. Yeah.
1: So, it seems uh I don't know. I guess that was my point. That these people lived, it had to surprise them. But hmm. there's another thing about the movie, though. There's no real, I mean, there's a manufactured antagonist. And even Sullenberger has come out later and said, you know, don't name these people in the FAA who were part of the investigation because this isn't really, really accurate. This isn't really happened. So the sort of fact versus fiction, the Hollywoodization of uh, the event it's a bit of a drawback and i can see some people having problems with it
0: i mean there were some people that questioned what sullenberger did and that you know he could have gotten the plane safely back to an airport though most of that stuff was disproven fairly quickly and and this story does mess with the timeline afterwards after the crash yeah the
1: investigation in the movie takes place it seems like over the course of a week when in reality it was something like 18 months and nobody really accused him of. Uh, I think there was a, a quick line.
0: Well, you know, within a week, they something. had recovered the plane and both the engines, and they could tell that there was soft tissue damage to both of the engines.
1: Right. So that dispels mm-hmm. a big theory of uh, the FAA, or I don't even know if it's the FAA that's after him. That would have been after him as much as the NTSB. That well, they have to see. This is a point where. I know I I think differently than most people. Uh, Remember the movie Tomorrowland? Yeah. And uh, who's the guy that plays House? Uh, Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie plays sort of the evil character. But I kind of agreed with his point of view. Mm -hmm. I was arguing with my dad afterwards that, and I know in the movie uh, Sully... These guys, these these uh, investigators come off as sort of cartoony and stereotypical and over-the-top and just sort of mean-spirited towards them.
0: Anna Gunn and Mike O'Malley.
1: And there's a third one there that just sort of like says things behind his breath. It's kind of early to go fishing, isn't it, or something yeah. like that. I, I don't even know if he says it, but either way, there's something that, uh, there's, there's something to the fact, my perspective is, I would understand why they would have to do a thorough investigation, if in fact the pilot was in error. Because then the cost of the cleanup and recovery and whatever payments you dole out to the passengers or whatever, that now falls back on the union of pilots. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily go straight to Sully, although in the movie it shows what the personal impact of that would have been. Uh, but I mean if he if he was at fault, they need to find that out. They should they should be allowed to do
0: their investigation. And you want to find out where the fault lies, not to put blame on anything, but to also prevent future occurrences right. of this. You know, is this a fault with the aircraft, with the pilot, with the airline, with the airport,
1: right. with the guy that did the Canadian the plane geese? Or, yeah, like, and
0: you know, they solved that problem. That's how this movie should have ended with a montage of them killing three thousand yeah. Canadian geese.
1: Did they? Did they solve? It or did they? I mean. How do they change the migratory patterns of birds that have like they apparently in
0: gassed something like thirteen hundred geese that live near the airport, and then they found a whole bunch of eggs and they put oil on them, but now, so that these... would suffocate the unborn little hatchlings. <laughs> but the that I don't know why I'm laughing at that because that's horrible
1: and hideous and disgusting. Yeah, and I'm creepy.
0: surprised PETA hasn't protested this. Film yet. Pro-
1: they probably did. They probably protested that event. Maybe they've protested the film because they're not <laughs> yeah. highlighting it like you would with a montage. But um, I, I'm trying to. I, I how do you Canadian geese aren't uh, on the on the Untouchables list or what do you call that? The
0: uh, endangered, endangered list? species list. They're not endangered, are they? No. So they didn't kill not all until the we Canadian put more geese. Pl- planes in the air.
1: <laughs> they didn't kill all the Canadian geese in the world. No,
0: they just killed the ones near the airport. And again, so how do
1: they alter the migratory patterns of
0: all the other birds? Like, hopefully, this will never happen. I know that no, and I mean this has only happened once in the history of LaGuardia Airport. Yeah, but and they have dozens of flights taken off every day.
1: Well, even in the movie, it mentions how rare it is. I mean, it's never happened that both engines would have been damaged to the point where you you he had to make this water landing. So. I bet you a lot of planes get hit by geese. Oh, yeah. And they still have that one engine, and you're able to, you know, make or it to the safest airport. your engine can take
0: a couple of strikes. I mean, it wasn't just one butterball turkey flying into it. <laughs> right. You know, it's half a dozen, at flying
1: least. geese. Yeah.
0: So, there you go.
1: Hmm? I'm glad they didn't end with that montage. Montage. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's any other point I wanted to make about this, but I am interested to see if Eastwood... Does, like, his next thing. I mean, if he's doing something that's in pre-production now, I haven't heard anything, but it's... I haven't heard anything. My guess is it's going to be about a real-life white guy (laughs) that's done something.
0: I don't know what he wants to do next. I don't either, but but it'll be be fun to watch. uh, Isn't Eastwood right now one of the most bankable directors in Hollywood? He'll probably be up for best director in this. I would hope so. I mean, I, I I know next week we're going to do our fall preview, but this is a really good film.
1: I think you can make the argument that he's in the top five directors. One could make an argument for him being in the top ten of living directors right now, American directors. Uh, and then, so if you're in the top ten, you know how my lists work. You could be number one.
0: But I mean, for the last ten years... He's made I don't know eight films and seven of them have been good.
1: Well, only that he also scores all of his movies. Really? Yeah, he sits down and you know with a piano. I think he scored the last four or five movies. The eighty-five wow. year old dude. I I can't even sing a song. This guy's putting out movie after movie after movie once a year. I mean, if someone were to say to you, "What's your greatest uh, um, artistic accomplishment?" and what could you point to? I mean, you you built a desk right i mean yeah, maybe I, I do a little
0: bit of woodwork
1: <laughs> yeah but that's about it i i drew a picture of my dog once <laughs> you know and in and your and, yeah, i'm kind of proud of it it's kind of nice this guy's put out you know 84 movies <laughs> once a year so either as an actor or a director so mm-hmm. once a year for every year of his life he started making movies when he was uh, a baby 18 months old
0: i mean he's been one of the most bankable stars in hollywood for 60 years i mean he got to start on Gunsmoke in the 50s and he's still cranking out stuff i mean even if he had a bad decade we went wholly against him but he hasn't
1: do how does this compare this movie to uh tom hanks's other roles who's another guy that's been around for a while but how old is tom hanks he must be in his 50s or 60s i think he
0: just turned 60 or is about to turn 60 so i don't know it's hard i mean I, i'd really have to look at a whole list of tom hanks plus i mean this is one of the serious drama tom hanks films versus i mean he's such a great comedic actor too
1: yeah but i mean captain phillips that was a drama
0: yeah i, I phillips i have lowered down on the list but that might also be because i just have issues with that film I mean, I have this one up there for Tom Hanks, but I mean, he's knocked it out of the park so many other times. I don't know if it, he was it's hard. I mean, th- this is a home run, but this isn't that towering blast that goes out of the stadium.
1: No, it's a stand-up double. Was he? Is he? Was he nominated for Captain Phillips? I know he didn't win. I don't even think he was nominated. I don't for the best think he was nominated for.
0: The, but I mean, he's been nominated numerous other times, and he has two academy awards to hmm. his name i think he won for philadelphia and for forrest gump
1: and he should have he should have won for castaway
0: castaway awesome. i would have given supporting actor for um Road's perdition uh
1: i would say aaron eckert's uh mustache is in the is in the forefront for a laffy award for facial hair Ooh! and this movie if, we, if that category is up again for the laffy's Aaron eckert has got the inside track. Sully's not bad either. He's yeah. got a nice little nice little uh,
0: mustache. It's there. a shame Cop Car didn't come out this year. They had to come out last year. You could that could be a mustache showdown.
1: Two. It might be the same stash. <laughs> it might in fact be we'll have to find out who the makeup artist was on Cop Car. <laughs> so, I was impressed with Aaron Eckert and his mustache. I don't guess we need to spoil much of this movie. There's no, there's no sense for spoilers in this. We can't Hopefully
0: not, unless your head was under a rock <sighs> for the last seven years. I
1: guess I would recommend it, because I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> That's a good reason a to recommend a movie.
1: Like I said, it's a stand-up double. It's an enjoyable thing. It, it I think it's... It, it. The Crash stuff is important to see on a big screen. But the story stuff? <laughs> I mean, you could get that from watching it on TV,
0: so from watching a discovery yeah, channel not not one hour special
1: no i mean watching this movie on your right. phone you could there's a lot you can get out of just watching this movie i suppose on your phone if you were if you were prone to do that or on your tv at home but yeah i don't know i guess you should go see the movie theaters uh
0: i, I think, that think that you think give a preview of uh this week's we laugh i think this is the film you should go see even with three new movies coming out this weekend.
1: Oh, really? This would oh, still be okay. my pick.
0: And I'm pretty sure it's going to win the box office again. So We Laugh will be coming up. It's yep. episode
1: 178. Yay! Do you remember the movie Absolute Power? Yeah. Clint Eastwood plays Luther. The movie had Gene Hackman in it. Ed Harris. Some three strong actors there, man. So Luther says, it's been, and this is apropos too our discussion right now it's been so exciting talking to you i've got to go have my pacemaker checked so for mr two frames over there it's been a pleasure have the train, blah, 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 blah. there be dragons are you going to the movies this weekend let laugh know what you saw Send in your review by emailing the show at the laughpodcast at gmail.com tweeting at the laugh podcast, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the laugh podcast. The best comments will get read on a future show. stuff yeah oh you're about to cough i was should i start over <coughs> thank you <laughs> outtake welcome to the good stuff yep it's the laugh podcast we're your host over there is uh mr bull howdy how are you sir
0: doing well excited about episode 177
1: as you said this is episode 187 no 177 <laughs> maybe we should start all over
0: <laughs> I, sorry i just figured you didn't have the episode number
1: i didn't apparently i didn't <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs>